These are the stories of The 116, a podcast from the heart of the First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. This is where belief becomes action and action brings hope. Here's your host, Greg Fish. And welcome along to episode number 15 of The 116. A lot of people are asking, what's that all about? What's The 116? We are located at 116 Northeast Perry Avenue, so it's from the 116, but also somebody mentioned to me, Highway 116 runs through Peoria, so since we're looking at things that run through Peoria, if that helps you, if that makes sense to you, well, go for that as well. And my very special guest today, I am so glad to welcome Greg Batten to my studio this morning. Greg, welcome along. Good morning. This is fantastic. I'm so uh, pleased to be here. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad to put you in the hot Are, are you used to being in the hot seat much? No. I, here's the deal. What you need to know about me as a broadcaster for 30 years and most of that time being the guy in charge of the show, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I am a self-proclaimed control freak. <laughs> so the fact that I am sitting here and I can't touch any of those buttons that you have, right, right. and I don't really know where we're going and mm-hmm. all of that, it gives me a tiny bit of apprehension. I usually don't get nervous about much. I, I don't. There's very, very few times I ever get nervous. I'm kind of the same way. I think God wired me backwards for some reason. Oh, really? I, I do better in, in, in front of a microphone or in front of people than I do one-on-one sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it's like, like Jerry Seinfeld once said that, you know, uh, people are more afraid of dying than they are, or more afraid of speaking in public than they are right, dying. So right. if you're at a funeral, you would rather be <laughs> the guest of honor yeah, rather than yeah. giving the eulogy. Yeah, I, I, am, I would say that's probably true for me, uh, as I'm more comfortable in front of the mic than I am sometimes in person. Although, I'm kind of the same guy all the time. I don't, there's, no, there's no different version of me mm-hmm. that is somewhere uh, uh, happening that doesn't happen on the radio. Well, it took me a long time to get to that point, but it's, that, that's true now. And I was thinking, because our, our podcast goes well beyond Peoria, so in case somebody lives under a rock yeah. in Peoria or yeah. beyond that, let me just give a quick introduction as sure, to please. who exactly Greg Batten is. He's yeah. a morning host at WMBD in Peoria. Well, you have both AM and FM going for you, 1470 AM and 100.3 FM. Correct. Okay. And so I, I thought, how do I get a really good introduction? So I went to your Facebook oh, introduction. Boy. So oh. what we have here is, are you ready for this list? The radio host, voiceover, stand-up comedian, actor, internet minister, which I want to talk to you about. Uh, that's, that's the reason you're here today. No, I'm kidding. Uh, dad, husband, story collector, and dreamer, uh, and general man about town, but that's not on the description. Yeah, that's um, probably true, that last one, general man about yeah, town. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought about having you put those in order, by the way. I'm not sure if you would str- – I have a feeling I know what you would go for uh, as your number one What would that be? I'm curious what you think the number one would be. Well, it's going to be dad slash husband. Uh-oh. Well, I do love being a dad slash husband. Uh-huh. And I love my family a lot. And I'm not sure this makes me a bad person or not, but I think Dreamer might be number one. Oh, okay. Because I think dreaming over uh, 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 umbrellas, all of those. Okay, yeah. I dream yeah. How, to, how to be a better dad. I dream how to be a better husband. I dream how to mm-hmm. uh, uh, be a better radio guy. Right. I don't really dream how to be an internet minister better because that's a real weird thing that's happened to me. But it is true that I am ordained. <laughs> I was ordained. Can I tell you real quick? <laughs> yeah, go, go for I, it. I was ordained while I was on a um, stationary bike. Really? Because it, it only takes three minutes online. Sure, sure. And the reason it happened, if you don't mind me going ahead and getting into that story, mm-hmm. is one of my colleagues was getting married, and oh. they were not members of any kind of church whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they liked me, the, the the young man I worked with, and her and his fiance. And they said, "Greg, um, if you could figure out how to do this, will you marry us?" 
And I was honored. I was absolutely honored. And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I went online and there's a way to do that. I don't know what this means legality wise in the state of Illinois. <laughs> I have a feeling maybe they're not really married, but, uh, and then I did, I've done two, I've done two weddings, both people I worked with. Well, short story here for me. Yeah. Uh, when I was pastoring a church in Ohio, what I didn't realize is because nobody had told me yeah. Ohio requires kind of a special tax slash fee for pastors to do marriages. <laughs> and so I did my first marriage. You forgot to do that. I didn't even know about it. And it turns out they got really hard-nosed with me and said, uh, no, you have to actually re-perform the ceremony. and every." So this couple now has two official wedding days. No kidding? <laughs> you had to redo it? Yeah. Wow. In the county. And they went to a special yeah, place. And sure. it was it was. That's crazy. Yeah, that would have been yeah. a funny way to go to jail, though. I, it, I, don't I didn't really, pay my, my pastor tax or I'm, whatever it was. I'm kind of surprised Illinois doesn't have that because you Illinois do. is really bad about the taxes. And yeah. I, I don't uh, – anybody listening that's involved in government, don't uh, take this. Don't take that's this right. as a suggestion. <laughs> Leave that alone. That's funny. That's that right. Really funny. No, no kidding. Uh, well, one of the, the, the way I, I really got to know you first was actually through your involvement with our Lessons and Carols program here, right. and you came as the narrator. Now, this year – we don't know for sure exactly what it's going to look like, but it's going to be completely a different, different thing. Sure. Uh, and, sure. you know, we're just trying to figure our way through this. But then right after that, I saw your stand-up comedy routine. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, and of course, I, I met you when you were on air as well. So these different aspects of who you are, uh, you really have a good view of what this community, I mean, you sit at a vantage point that not a lot of people have for what is going on. I would say that's true. In, in this community for better or worse. And, right. and before we got started here, we were talking about the COVID thing, and that's certainly big on everybody's mind. Uh, I went through COVID, not something I would recommend to anybody. Um, but You said something to me that yeah. maybe you've already said on this podcast before, but I would ask you to repeat it because <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. The, the, the fact is, I, I really thought it would be a lot more fun than it was as popular as it is. You know, I, yeah. everybody's talking popular, about it. Yeah. Very popular, but man, it's terrible. It is. It turns out. Yeah. I mean, that's hilarious. I really thought I would enjoy it a whole lot more. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that going for a one week not eating was a little bit weird. Did um, you really? Yeah. Is, now, I, can I ask you, as, as I'm a big man and you've lost yeah. a lot of weight, uh -huh. was that a kickstart or were you already in the middle of your weight loss journey? I was in the middle of it, but okay. it, you know, it, it was a great weight loss plan. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, no, that's a terrible way to do it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I actually lost 10 pounds yeah. through that. I gained three back, but then quickly was able to take sure. those, those off. But uh, it definitely gave me a little bit of an extra boost to where I am today. I'm going to share something with you that I don't know that I've ever told another soul, okay? <laughs> okay. but it has okay. to do with weight loss. Uh -huh. And, and I am a big guy who have twice in my life lost 100 pounds. Wow. Quickly and dramatically. Uh-huh. I found all 100 pounds back. back, generally speaking, over a period of time. Right. I lost them a lot faster than I gained them, but I still had them back. So, um, uh, but sometimes when I'm frustrated, and, and I've, I've dealt with this my whole life, my whole life. And so sometimes I pray, and I mm -hmm. pray that I'll figure, I'll let, because your weight loss starts in your head it's all it's all up here exactly it's a spiritual thing it's an emotional thing it's all that the decisions that you make so um i sometimes will pray oh man i just want to lose 20 pounds mm -hmm. and then i have to put an asterisk next to the prayer because i don't want god 
to like find a way to accidentally cut my leg off. Right. You know what I mean? Cause, cause he'd be, you just said you wanted 20 pounds right. and, and, and I get injured in an accident or I get COVID. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. lose it that way. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I do, I do a, a, a pray with a, a condition next to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let it happen the regular way, not the injury way. Yeah. Dear God, no cancer. <laughs> no, 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 nothing, <laughs> nothing like, like that. that yeah. Oh yeah. Get me right. I just want to just forget how to uh, uh, quit eating snacks. Uh, and you're, you're absolutely right about that because I've, I've struggled with my weight all of my okay. adult life and I, I've yeah. lost weight in the past. I'm really work. I want to be in better shape when I uh, finally hit 60 than I was when I hit 50. There you go. That's, uh, that's a good just, goal. That's yeah. A good goal. And, and I have a, a new lady in my life who has encouraged me. She wants me to be in better health nice. and that's encouraged me in a nice direction yeah. as well. So I, I really have worked hard and I, I'd like to lose a little bit more, but people ask me that. So, you know, I, I've struggled with it and I tell right. them it's a transformation of the mind. Yeah, you have it, to start there. It is a hundred percent because I've, I've proven to myself and to others and others have gone through this journey. I'm sure right. that, um, I can do it artificially. I used to go to a place mm-hmm. called Physicians Weight Loss Center. Physicians mm-hmm. Weight Loss Center was a place where you would go once a week to weigh in. They would sell you food like Nutrisystems. I don't believe they're in business anymore, so I can say this. Uh, but I would go in. I was so desperate. I would go in, and once a, month, uh, once a week at the weigh-in, they would give you a shot in your rear end. Right. I never once asked what's in that. <clears throat> Not once. I didn't care. Yeah. I lost 100 pounds. Wow. Wow. But they could have been, they could have been shooting uh, who knows what in me. And I, but you get to that point where you're, you're so tired of fighting with your mind about it mm-hmm. that you'll do anything. Then the other one I did was uh, something called Optifast that Oprah made famous, which was a liquid diet. Okay. I didn't eat a solid piece of food for four months. I, my caloric intake every day was 500 calories, all in liquid form, and it comes right off. But it's not real. Right. You know, that's not a, you, people don't live that way. Right. So then you go back to eating your regular way and you go, oh, I fixed it. No, you didn't. You didn't fix anything in your head. Zero. Well, and, and, and until I get that, I, I know that that's going to be my challenge. And see, that's my concern because what I've done, I've done a keto plan, which is a low carb right. plan. And the problem with that is transitioning back to regular 100% eating. And, and and so I, I'm guessing at this point in time, I'm going to have to figure out how to be keto, for which really the food is great. Right. I can't complain about right. the food at all. Right. I've learned how to cook even better right. doing keto, but that is a very, but the thing I liked about it was that it helped me to keep my creativity and my energy levels up, Good, which was really important yeah. to me in the job that I do. And I'm sure you recognize that as well. Yeah. Well, when I was on that 500 calorie ones, I got dumb. It's hard. Your brain needs stuff. Your brain needs energy. Right. And and, and in the business of that I'm in, mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, during the show anyway, you got to be on top of stuff. And if you're slow brained, it's not good. Well, and especially getting up early in the morning because yep. that really wrecks you. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, it I, I've, I've seen studies. It, it wrecks your. Right. You inc- I don't even know how you do it. For well, and years. I've been doing it for a long time now. I, do, I tell you, I've gotten a re, uh, uh, this is two guys talking about health, but I did find a new lease on life about a year and a half ago when I finally mm-hmm. submitted to the CPAP machine. Oh. Because I was waking up all night long, as you do with apnea, and mm-hmm. the CPAP saved my life probably, but also gave me back my sleep. Mm-hmm. So now I, I sleep seven hours at night. I go, I'm asleep by nine. I get up at uh, 3.30 to 4.00. Depending on and so six and a half hours, <laughs> and then I take a nap. But the point is, the sleep is incredibly important. It's right. incredibly important. Right. Well, the sweet little discovery I had through COVID was of melatonin because I had never taken that. But yeah, my doctor treated me one. with supplements, and yeah. wow, 
Yeah. That I found another one. Here's two guys talking health again. Yeah. I found one. Magnesium. Oh. You take magnesium? Okay. No, I don't. That helps me sleep a lot. Really? Yeah. It doesn't okay. make me sleepy. It eases like when your legs hurt from maybe you took a long walk or you ran or you lifted or something. You know, you still, as, as, after a while, you have those pains that kind of keep you up. Right. Magnesium kind of helps me with that, so. And the the other nice discovery for me was vitamin C, and I, I that's going to be something I yeah, do the for the rest of, of my life. life. Yeah. yeah, because we don't pay much attention. Humans don't uh, to that. You know, we're pretty lucky in this country, generally speaking. I know there's many people that are challenged with mm-hmm. with uh, uh, get, having healthcare facilities available to them, or they don't have enough money for all of that. But even those among us who are uh, lucky enough to have money, we ignore it. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I'll be yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, and that's uh, if anything's come from the COVID thing, I think uh, some folks are, or, or many folks are at least considering their health more. Maybe it's not completely COVID related, but just, okay, all right, I need to watch what I'm doing here a little bit. Maybe I should quit smoking a little bit. Maybe I should lose 20 pounds. Maybe I should start sure. taking walks, which people started doing just because they were bored for a while. Mm-hmm. And that turned into be a, a good thing. So, so here's something I wanted yeah. to ask you because yeah. one of the lessons, because I was in radio years ago, and one yeah. of the lessons I learned is every time you open your mouth, you offend somebody. Um, almost for sure. Almost, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I've noticed that especially during this pandemic time, mm-hmm. uh, the lead, people in the lead pastor role, you cannot win. I, I, I do not envy any of my friends who are pastors <laughs> these days who try to figure out how to lead a church through, wow. because of the strong opinions. emotions and opinions. Yeah. So what about you and your position on air? How has that affected you, knowing that people are really invested in the, their opinions on uh, this? I, one of the ways it's affected me is it makes me sad. Mm. I, get, I get sad when I start hearing and seeing and feeling and have directed at me a great deal of anger. Mm-hmm. Because I... Because I know what's happening most of the time. I don't know everybody's situation. There's no way. Thousands of people listen to our show every day. There's no way that I know them. But through 15 and a half years of being with my partner, Danny, they know me or at least feel like they know me. So it's easy for them to go, uh, uh, Greg, you said blah, blah, blah. And that man, that's not, you know. And so we go and have these weird email exchanges. I will right. say this. It's calmed down in the last two or three weeks. I've noticed it. I've noticed that that kind of stuff coming my way anyway has calmed down. Um, my best way to deal with it if I get uh, directly uh, approached is to directly approach that person in person. I have found, <laughs> I have found, and this I've, I have several examples of this, where somebody is really, really mad at me. Sure. They're super mad at me. Sure. I invite them for coffee. Nice. Now, here's a person that doesn't know me. They've never met me. I've never met them. The sheer act, and and this is going to sound like I'm some great person. I don't mean this that way. I mean it to be I've learned something about myself. Instead of getting really angry angry and firing back a Facebook post or an email to that person or a text, face-to-face changes things. And I asked this person for, uh, for coffee or pre-COVID. There was a few times I took them to lunch. And I was like, all right, let's talk about what's going on. And every single time the person says, oh, man, I was just, I was in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a, this one guy said to me, he goes, I'm terrible in the morning. And, <laughs> and he, he goes, and I just got, I just got mad at you about something. And, and I was really mad about the fact that 
I wasn't working in a job I wanted to be working in. And uh, you you said something that I wanted to bark at. So I barked at you. Hey, I didn't really mean it. And now that saying, that actual person is one of our favorite listeners. He, wow. He sends me notes all the time, just checking in, seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean that I, again, that, that that's some, hey, look at what I did. So great. What I mean is people want to be seen and they want to be heard. Right. And increasingly in this world that we live in, many of us don't feel seen and heard. And I recognize that I have a job that allows me to be seen and heard. So that if right. you, as my listener friend, goes, eh, things are going on, I'm mad about job and my boss isn't talking to me and all this stuff. I'm mad because Greg's got a job where people do see and hear him. Sure. And so there's like this weird if, uh, transference of anger towards me or Danny or anybody that's on the air mm-hmm. because with uh, way, the way it appears, we got it made. We don't even work. We just sit around in a room and talk, talk. on the radio. Right. That's not a job. Who has, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a construction guy or I work in a factory or I work at Target. That's hard. 100% harder than what Dan and I do. However, there's more effort put into it than what would appear. I, I get that because yeah. my, of having done it. You know how it is. Yeah. It's not yeah. easy. And I, I think with, especially with the social media explosion these days, we, yeah. we lose each other's humanity. Yes. And, and maybe the two biggest issues we're facing right now, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but COVID and the, and the racial tensions that are going on. Well, of course, the, the election. And the election. I'd like to forget it's about that. It's kind of all jumped now. in together, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. And well, and I've noticed that too. That if if you make any, because I like to make fun of both the candidates. Me too. I'm I'm an equal opportunity offender. Yeah. But when you make fun of one, they immediately think, "Oh, you're on." Right. And actually, I'm not. You know, I'm. I I'm try awesome. very hard, and, and 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 this is something I have said on the air. Mm-hmm. Last presidential election, my partner and I both, without talking to each other, because we never ask each other who we're going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Not only did we vote for everything down the list like across the aisle, all over the place. But we both voted for the libertarian candidate for president. Oh, really? Because we didn't feel strong enough about yeah. either of the two major candidates. Yeah. And and so uh, I am neither a Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can consider yourself an independent in Illinois officially. I don't think there's such an official designation because right. our system, you have to set up, you have to vote in either a Democratic primary or a Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Well, over the years, I voted in both, usually because I know somebody on one of those sides who's my friend who I want to support. Right. That doesn't mean I identify with either party. I don't. Mm-hmm. And and that makes people crazy because these days people want to box you. They want to box you hard. They want to go, that's okay, that's this guy. Uh-huh, he's that because he does this, that, and the other thing. And um, it's mostly not true for anybody. You mm-hmm. can't box people up and like that and say, okay, that guy's a Democrat, so he believes all of these things, and that guy's a Republican, and he believes all of these things. Almost always wrong. Well, and I think a lot of the stupid arguments we make, if I can use that word, yeah. uh, the nonsensical arguments we make are broken down when you get to know people anyway. And I, I'm really yeah. convinced that is one of the keys to helping us get through the racial tensions is if we can just sit down at a table and have a meal together or yeah. a cup of coffee together. Here's, here's a, yes, I agree with you. Uh, I am married to an African-American woman. I've been married to Yvonne for 25 and a half years. Uh, so the, it, that conversation has ebbed and flowed for all the time we've been together. We've been together almost 28, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, conversation is it. However, 
uh, I would caveat that by saying that those of us who are not in a minority community are, um, we have to be part of the conversation. Sure. It's very easy for one group or another to just say, yeah, we got a problem. But until we all sit down, I, I kind of lost a tra- my train of thought there, but until we all sit down so everybody can hear everybody's side right, and not get mad when you hear something go, oh, that's a that's an old stereotype or something. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you hear, mm-hmm. uh, you've got to be able to hear that and not get mad. Because we've had, I've, I've had occasions um, on the radio years ago when my, my wife was my radio partner for 10 years. Sure. And and uh, we had a caller call in one time, and we were opening the phones to those questions. We thought it was important. And a caller called in, real nice man, and we knew kind of, I think, who, we, who he was. He goes, look, I know both of you people, and, and I understand why you're attracted to each other. But I think it's wrong that a black person is married to a white person. And so we had that conversation. But God bless him for saying the truth because mm-hmm. he could have just kept that quiet. But that allowed then that conversation to get out there. Sometimes you have to say things that you probably know aren't right, but it's what you believe. So, so how do you think we are doing in Peoria these days on, on issues like that? Are we doing well? Are we, are, are we starting to get smarter and better? No. Mm. That's my short answer. Yeah. Um, we are a very divided city. We're very divided. And it's complicated, and it's uh, uh, got tentacles all over the place. Obviously, the history of any community or any country, uh, you know, you have to look at how, how did we get to be here today? Right. You know, where did all of these uh, uh, things come from? And uh, I have to tell you a sidebar, but I'm just reading, I've, I've read a couple of books recently, The Warmth of Other Suns and The Caste System, are two books by a Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times uh, author. And um, Isabel Wilkerson, I think is her name. I might be, I have that wrong. They're both about the history of the movement of African Americans from the South to the North, starting right around World War I time, right after post-Jim Crow law time. And it opened my eyes. I'm a guy that I, I you know, it's my relationship with my wife. Uh, I... I, I I look at these things. I talk about these things. These things are on my mind, racial conversations. This uh, book opened my eyes to things I didn't understand before, and that is how every community dealt with that northern migration. It was 12 million people that came from the south to the north to find new homes. Right. And, and you know, the Dust Bowl days, the, the Dust Bowl was 500,000 people. And, and everybody wow. thinks they know about that. The gold rush of California was less than a million people. This was 12 million people that, that changed the look of the United States, Peoria included. Why did they have a home here? Oh, only because that was the only place they were allowed to buy a home. And, and all mm-hmm. these little things that mm-hmm. were going on in mm-hmm. our communities. And so that is a really long answer to a, your question about Peoria. I, I, I don't think we're doing better. And I and I think um, it is too easy to just scoff at. There's some violence in Peoria. Actually, the violence is way down. Right. But it seems like it's not because sure. we've had some mob activity, and that's scary, right? The mob activity mm-hmm, is scary, mm-hmm. and it's and it's real easy for those of us who are never around it to go. Well, those are just you know that group of people is just bad people. But but why are they doing that? Was would be my question. Why are they doing that? 
And it's it's really hard to stimulate this conversation without stimulating a lot of the issues from the past that uh, we have done wrong, the church has done wrong, and uh, to try to own up to that. I, I, guess well, I think, and by the way, just just so I could say it out loud, uh-huh. everybody's done something wrong. Right. We, we're, we're, we're in this together because mm-hmm. we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not letting anybody off the hook that might be a member of a minority that, uh, yep, all the white people did stuff wrong. No, that's not true. It can't be true. Right. It can't be true that only one group of people did some wrong things. We're sure. all we're failed. I mean, that's why we go to church, right? Mm-hmm. Is to remind ourselves that we yeah. are failed human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let me transition this a little bit because right. one of the problems we're having with in in our church communities is figuring a way to be relevant in our communities in a time when things aren't the same as they used to be. I sure. mean, every church has, has seen a precipitous drop in, in uh, attendance. Yeah, you told me that earlier, and I, I was shocked by that. Yeah, I mean— And I know that there's a, the primary, oh, we're going to stay away from church because the churches aren't open. Right. But I thought everyone would flood back, and they're not. Huh? They're not. Yeah. The, the average is about 30% return. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, there's the old mindset, well, we've got to get the— the people back in the building, right? Because we we hollow the building instead of the people, right? Uh, the the thing we're learning is we need to get smart about this thing and be where people are. And, and of course, you have one of those opportunities being yeah, on air. I do. Um, what would you for people who are struggling these days to get a message out to to help a community from somebody who has the ability to to get that message out rapidly to a lot of people? Where, where, should, where do you think people need to look these days for, for ways to communicate, ways to be relevant in a culture that's gotten really weird on us all of a sudden? Well, I, uh, I will, I'm going to like circle back to how I started talking about taking people to lunch and things. Mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe we make a mistake, and this is really easy for me to say, who has a great, uh, a beautiful uh, radio studio uh, in downtown Peoria, and I, and I talk to thousands of people every day. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should try to aim so big. Okay. I think that I think the answer lies in 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 listening, really listening to just one or two people at a time, and telling other people what you think uh, the struggle you are having is. Listen to their struggle. Figure out. My wife did something the other day that I thought was really. Weird. It was started out cool, and then it got weird in its reaction. Okay. She is a big proponent of what I am just talking about. And she calls it the cup of sugar. And so she wrote a piece on Facebook. This is about a month ago. And she reminded people. My wife's a very gifted writer, journalist by trade. She said she wrote this cool story that I'm going to paraphrase. But it, ha- it goes back to the days when we would borrow cups of sugar from our neighbors. And she grew up in that environment. I grew up in that environment. Mm-hmm. And you would, after you borrowed the cup of sugar and you made the apple pie or the, uh, the sweet potato pie, then you took some of that pie back to the person who gave you the sugar, right? You, okay, there was yeah. a circle around of yeah. love and friendship and help. And so she went on Facebook to ask what she could do. What sugar do you need? And what mm. she wanted to do was mm. really do something. Really, like you, Greg, would say, oh, man, uh, I've been uh, hankering for a sweet potato pie. Boom. She makes you a sweet potato pie. Or I need a ride to the grocery store because my car's broke down and I don't have any money. My wife would take you, right? All of the answers just went off the rails. They, they're all, some of them were funny. Mm-hmm. Some of them were, were uh, you know, I want to go to Miami, so take me. Or the point was lost. Right. 
Because I think we sometimes get caught up in having it to be too big. I think that we, and, and it's hard for you and me because we're, we come from broadcasting, to, to go, well, I'm just going to talk to one person at a time. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want it to be efficient. I want to talk into a microphone or go on Facebook <laughs> or go on yeah. TikTok and make a video that will impact. You can do all of that, but I think you get lost in the enormity of that. But what it's just like how the virus spread so rapidly. One person that gets the virus can infect fifty nine thousand people uh, over a ten a ten space period, right? If if they infect three and they infect three and so on, the same thing can happen with kindness and love. The same thing can happen. Just do it with a couple people, and then maybe then they'll be inspired to go do it with a couple of people. I don't know how you start um, making a chain work like that, but I think it's possible. That makes sense. Did I cop out on that answer? No, no. Actually, I, I'm sitting here thinking, and this is the reason why we had an internet minister here today, because we needed answers. From the uh, internet. That's from right. From the internet yeah. message. <laughs> yeah. No. So that, that is actually, I mean, I, I think right right at the heart of what we've been thinking about and talking a lot about behind the scenes right. here. And so, yeah, that makes I, perfect can, sense. Can I, can, I, can I offer something that I was thinking about doing? Maybe you could steal it and do it, because I, I don't know to, if I ever yeah. get to it. Yeah, yeah. I want to interview people like that. Well, now, you and I know each other a little bit, but not mm-hmm. a lot, not mm-hmm. a lot. But I want to have somebody come in. We do a podcast, too, every couple of days a week uh, that I have never, I don't even know their name. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want a person to come in, and they sit down, and, and, and I say, well, what's your name first? And you say Greg Fish, and then we just go from there. Okay. Let me let me learn about that person, Greg. Uh-huh. Uh, and then tomorrow it's it's Mary, and then, and then it's Steve. And, That's a cool idea. And, and, and. And wherever it goes, it goes. I, I don't. I don't know what might happen, but I haven't done it yet. So if you want to steal it, go ahead. Well, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the general thing we've been working on here because we're really working on on getting our story out beyond the walls yeah, of the church. Yeah. And, and you're the first guest, kind of in that vein. Oh, am I first outside the wall guy? You are the first outside the box, dude. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know how much I've shared this story with you, but my spiritual journey has been uh, complicated, and I tell people. I told this story for the very first time a few years ago, two years ago, when I helped host your Christmas program, which is called what again? Uh, Lessons and Carols. Lessons and Carols. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love doing it. It makes me cry every time I do it. But I told people uh, in the choir, uh, at a little break we had, I said, my spiritual journey is much like this. When I was a kid and you were in kindergarten and you were told to make a piece of art and you took a crayon on the piece of paper and you wrote just squiggly lines everywhere and then you filled in all the holes. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? It looked mm-hmm. like a sure. like a tapestry or a mosaic or something. Uh-huh. That's that that line is my spiritual life. I've been wiggling around all over the place trying to avoid uh sometimes real conversations about real <laughs> things. Um but what I but I've come to uh, to to uh understand is it's okay to do that. It's okay to wiggle around. It's okay to create that mosaic. That's my mosaic. That's not yours. That's mine. And yours isn't mine, and mine isn't yours, and everybody's journey's different. And, again, I talk so much, I got a little bit off base here. I don't know exactly where I was going with that. But, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So many times men have come to me, usually guy friends, who have tried to corral me up and, and, and talk to me about their faith and my faith. They could see it was in me. They thought that maybe they could help me with something. But it was that one-on-one conversations those people were having with me that affected me. It wasn't, it wasn't a church service, and so I'm not telling the church what to do. But no. but you uh, by 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 a COVID problem, that is now where you're standing mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. church, right? Yeah. Right. 
Well, and, and if I could take your analogy just to, th- yeah. to bring something back to you, uh, you know, when we're children, we, we all think we're artists. You ask a group of kids yeah. and they'll all say, I'm an artist, but you ask a group of ad- adults. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, never forget you are a spiritual being and uh, it's, it's intricate in everything you do. You right. cannot get away from that. And uh, you I, are. I heard something know. wonderful the other day. Uh, John Morris, who's the head of the Peoria Riverfront Museum here in Peoria, is a really great dude, and I've known him for a long time. Uh, there was a unveiling of some more outdoor art a couple of weeks ago on in the warehouse district on the side of an old warehouse building. Beautiful pieces, about ten of them. And he said, he said a, a minister friend of mine reminded me that the very first sentence in the Bible is about creation about creativity right we all have it we we think we don't why isn't that weird yes we we just we just chase that out of ourselves Mm -hmm. oh i'm not creative i Mm -hmm. I just go to work no you're creative every day you're creative in what food you make and what what uh clothes you wear and how you teach your kids and all that stuff but it dawned on me i thought that was just a great reminder this whole thing started with creativity Right. And that was a problem I ran into when I, because out of radio, I've I've done a lot of different things. Out of radio, I went into the ministry for for about 20 years. Um, And one of the transitional things I had problems with is the fact that I'm a very creative person. I'm an ideas guy. Yeah. And that's not always welcome. No. And and by the way, I don't don't want to offend my church queen friends out there, but let's just be honest. We do not like creativity in the church much. Uh, We almost think it's uh, antithesis to what is sacred. And it's not because sacred is the God spaces in our life. And that can happen in the creative and and in the beautiful things that we create. So after, yeah, who, who invented jokes? God pretty much put that in us, right? That that some things are funny. Some things are funny. Uh, Can I tell you a story? Please, please. My favorite book in the whole world is the unoriginal sinner and the ice cream God. (laughs) If you were, there's a play out there that became very popular over the years called do patent, leather shoes really reflect up and it's about growing up catholic in chicago and it became a stage play on broadway and every regional theater and over in the world has done it and over the last 30 years same guy wrote this other book and in the opening scene of the book he is a young man he's like eight or nine years old and he's at the funeral of an elderly aunt one he didn't really know okay and at the time the funeral was over the funeral director was directing people to come up and walk by the uh, the casket, say their last goodbyes, and then go out this side door. But what he said was, I want you to come by and see Agnes and then pass out. And when you're eight, that's hilarious. Right, right. right. And so he starts <laughs> stifling his giggles, and he knows he's inappropriate, so he runs to the bathroom, and he stays in the bathroom until he thinks everyone has gone. He goes back out, and he's going to find his parents, and his other aunt is now coming back in because she had left her purse. And she was mad at him. And she said, I hope somebody laughs like that at your funeral someday. And the next line is what changed. I just love this next line. His next line was, so do I. Yes, yes. So do I. Yes. There's something about all of this, spirituality, death, uh, all that stuff. We forget that... um, we're still these light beings, man. We got stuff to do and say and think, and sometimes it's sad, but it doesn't always have to be sad. And creativity is is everything. It's right. everything. I think I never thought about that being a a church issue before. Mm-hmm. That churches don't love that necessarily. Right. And I say church, I mean 
the entities, not the right. not the human beings, but right. the entities in general. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting. You you mentioned that story with the the. the I, uh, my wife of 25 years, Barbara, passed away. And um, on the day that she died, um, I came home and my neighbor was standing there and he had been keeping up with her story and wanted to know how she was doing. And you know how we, t- we tend to soften the blow of things. We don't want to yeah. just come out and say she died. So right. I said, well, Barbara has gone home. And he looked at me and his face started oh, to glow. So happy. And he said, oh, that's great. And I started to laugh. <laughs> And I said, no, I'm sorry. I, I should have should have yeah. been more clear. She yeah. she she died today, and he felt so bad. But at the same time, it was a needed laugh that no, healed. No, it was no. a healing laugh. Dude, that's a beautiful story. I, I, my condolences. I didn't know that part yeah. of your life. Um, but yeah, that's there's. Yeah. You know, my dad. I, I was with my dad when he passed a number of years ago, twenty some years ago, and, and there was um, uh, he had been sick for a while, and he. My mom kept wanting, he was home. Mm-hmm. My mom kept wanting to buy one of them fancy hospital beds, you know? Sure. And he was like, no, my dad was a big guy like me, and he, he had this fear of being squished mm. by the <laughs> bed coming up and the bed, you know, uh, the feet coming up and Seriously. the top. Yeah, he yeah. really did. Wow. And so he got to the point last day or two of his life where he had to be put in a hospital bed. The hospice people told him. And so he got in the bed, and um, he wasn't in that bed an hour before he died. And all I could think of was, man, that guy was right. That bed, that bed killed him. And we all laughed about it. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, we were yeah, sad yeah. dad was gone, but there was some humor there. It was yeah. absolutely humor there. Yeah. But well, I have one final question. That is, can yeah. we do this again sometime? Dude, I come over here every day. This man, awesome. I, I know. Got, I'm really you got this. equipment. It's all fancy. You got a brick wall behind you. And, and we're uh, hoping it gets even better in the days to come. I hear so, that, yeah. that. I hear that. Uh, no, I, I can do whatever you want. What's your other question, though? Is that the no, other, that was oh, it. That yeah. was the last question. That was the last question. Dude, I can talk. Uh, did we even get to all, what's all of my stuff? I'm a, a stand-up. I'm that was a dreamer. Mo- yeah. uh, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. What was uh, the other thing? Story Internet collector. Story. Yeah, I love love stories don't you love stories oh yeah man you're a story guy you're a writer yeah. you're a guy like that yeah uh i i know that sometimes i get um, people my wife of course after you're with somebody a long time I'm like oh here comes that story again uh-huh. i remember doing that with my dad thinking oh man, how many times have i heard this story about you ruining the guy's couch you know what i mean right. but that's what makes our lives it's good I like I, it. and i worry about that as a pastor because or when i was speaking yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. that's, that's the nice thing about what i do now or at least when we're not in shutdown yeah, like yeah. going around speaking in different places i can tell the same stories oh, over the really the great best. stories yeah. but but now it's it's like uh uh you know if you're in the same place you tell a story and people look at you oh we've heard that one i had to worry about that on the radio because Dan and I have been together a long time. We've been doing our morning show for 15-plus years. Uh-huh. We've been friends for 30-plus years. We know every uh, each other's, We know every story that each other's going to tell. Uh-huh. And sometimes you, I, I worry about that, that oh, we've told this too many times. <laughs> but thank you for having me, man. It's uh, really man, cool. It's such a privilege, and we want to thank you all for listening today. And thanks, big thanks to our special guest, Greg Batten, here on The 116. Don't forget to like and share this episode on social media. Tell your friends about it because that's one of the ways we get the word out. And thank you so very much for joining us today. You've been listening to the stories of the 116 from our studio at First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. You can find the show notes or contact us with your questions and comments through our website at www.fumcpeoria.org.